0: and welcome to Book Solid. It's Soraya here today covering The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dalila Harris and I'm joined by my good friend Kayla. Hi! And yeah, we're just gonna jump right into it. Spoiler alert! Hey guys, just as a heads up, we will be revealing spoilers in this episode. If you haven't yet read the book or seen the show or film, this is a courteous reminder to proceed with caution. So, what were your initial thoughts when you were reading this book?
1: I I enjoyed it. It lost me a little bit um, towards the halfway point. But I'd say overall it was a good read. An interesting read. I've never read anything like it. Um, I also think this is one of the first books in a long time that I've read by a Black author. So that was really refreshing.
0: Yeah, like I felt like, especially in the first 30 to 40, 50 pages. I guess it's sprinkled throughout the book, but maybe I just noticed it more so in the beginning because it was fresh in my mind, was like kind of her commentary on like the Black experience. Like she would say certain things and I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, mm mm-hmm, yep. Like it's just one of those things that people wouldn't realize unless they're in that situation. And there was a point, I'm trying to remember exactly what was happening, um, but I wrote down in my notes, I was like, oh, she perfectly nailed that feeling of being like, of having to wonder are they treating me this way just because they're rude or are they treating me this way because I'm black? Like that internal thing you have to grapple with that you can't even explain to other people either because I feel like microaggressions too are so sneaky that you'll try to tell if you're with someone who's not black or even a person of color and you try to be like, oh, that person was so rude. And they're like, oh, really? I didn't think so. And it's like, where do I even begin?
1: Yeah. And then the same, the the opposite side of the coin too. It's like when people treat you a certain way, like I don't want to stereotype and assume all people are this way but sometimes because I know you and I have talked about it for a long time like your blackness would come into question or people would say oh you're so whitewashed or you talk white or things like that so on the flip side I would wonder I'm like oh are they treating me kindly because I'm the exception like I feel like this is also in that book like I relate to Nella quite a bit with that because she was also talking about how people would call her an Oreo when she had white boyfriends in high school and things like that so I related to her a lot on that end like being referred to as whitewashed or being like-
0: As if there's one way to be a black person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that always frustrates me too. Like, because, and a lot of times I've had non-black people tell me I'm not black enough. And I'm yes. like, excuse me. Um, I'm like, who are you? I didn't know you were the authority. To gatekeep exactly. blackness. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, that's, yeah, I just feel like that was really interesting. And it's cool because um, Zakia herself worked in publishing for a few years before she went to write this book. And so it's kind of interesting to see how her own personal experiences influenced this book, because I'm sure a lot of what she wrote about were, okay, obviously no one was like putting her under mind control, but, you know, just experiencing like microaggressions in the workplace or that feeling of being the only black person in the workplace and I thought it was really relatable, like, her sense of excitement at finding out Hazel was going to be working there. Like, just having another person who looks like you in a space where you're used to no one looking like you. And I feel like sometimes that can come off to people like, what? Oh, you don't like anyone who's not black or not a person of color?
1: No. Yes, that's not the case. It's
0: absolutely not. It's just, like, you know that this person, you have a, a shared life experience that you just can't really explain
1: like I tell people all the time, like a good example is like, oh, if you're a man around a group of women and another man joins you, you're like, okay, somebody that I can relate to in a way that I can't relate to this group. Like, There's nothing wrong with it. I just, it doesn't mean you don't like the women. Yeah, you're like, so these women are fine, but I can't talk to them about certain issues or certain subjects because they haven't experienced it. I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling a sense of comfort at somebody that shares something in common with you like that
0: exactly exactly and i've i've i'm sure we've both felt this like even in, in college like we went to college in a pretty diverse area but still like i would oftentimes be one or be the only one or one of two black people yeah. in a class or something and i remember like when they would go to put us in group projects be like ooh, like i hope <laughs> i have the other black girl in my group because it's just like i don't know it's just like a sense of i i, I don't really even know what word to put on it but it just feels like okay she gets me, yeah she gets well me.
1: even if like um Maslow's hierarchy of needs the first one is belonging a sense of belonging so if you find somebody you're in a group somebody that you relate with that's just the, it, an instinct in all people
0: right and yeah and I don't think like I don't think that it's such a unique experience like it, I always say this like you're not going to understand unless you've been in it and you will never be in it so you probably will never understand
1: it. exactly but it's the same for like the flip side when i'm like on twitter or online and, and muslim americans are talking about their issues i shut my mouth and i listen because i will never experience what their experience experiencing so it doesn't make sense for me to speak on it or speak poorly on it or i just listen because i i don't know so obviously i'm going to listen to the people that have experienced it where it's coming from
0: we're going to play that on an endless loop because <laughs> that's something that seems to be so hard for people to grasp like just listen. How yeah. hard is that? Like, and for people to kind of step in and try to be like, well, it's not that bad or this doesn't exist. How would you know? How would you, you know?
1: know? And you've probably experienced it, but haven't clocked it because you don't have the lenses on to look for stuff like that. Like precisely.
0: Yeah. And you have no idea how it feels to constantly have to be on the lookout for stuff yes. like that. To that feeling of that's, it's interesting because while I didn't completely love the ending of the book. Mm-hmm there's like a, a, a last line where Nella's like trying to remember the last time she truly felt free to be herself. Yes. And mm-hmm. she was like, was it when I cut my hair? Was it when I graduated college? Was it? And she's like, she says she realized that she never did. And it's yeah. so true because I feel like no matter the environment we're in as black women, you're constantly, or a black person, even people of color. I, I, I just feel like you're constantly policing yourself to be, to fit the situation yes. Am I and by being too not, loud
1: yeah. to this, to that. And it's not fair because I do feel like, especially um, some of the neighboring beach cities where I live are predominantly white, but I'm not going stop to that, stop that from, or let that stop me from going and enjoying those beaches or doing things in that area. But I do feel like a kind of sense like, oh, I'm like, okay, I got to make sure I'm not too loud. Um, I can't be this way. If I'm one of the only black people in this restaurant, I'm representing all black people. But I, that's not the case. That shouldn't be the case.
0: Which it's it unfortunately is, though, because a lot of people will use that behavior to either enforce whatever stereotype they already have yep. or treat you like, oh, well, they're just the exception to this. Exactly. Stereotype. So there's it's really just, no winning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, I feel like Zakia really nailed that down for sure. Yeah. So moving on, let's talk about that initial dilemma with Nella at work and this Chartricia character in the book she was editing.
1: I just, I'm not remembering exactly how many children Shatrisha had by the age of what was she nineteen? Oh, I can't even recall. And like five kids, I'm like, wh- who? I'm at a loss for words. I was just so like taken aback that anybody could read that and be like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Black people can relate to this. Thinking that the entire entirety of black people could relate to that is race like. And and The irony of having, in the book, in the scene, it's a room full of
0: white people deciding what would be relatable to a black audience.
1: And they were all just thinking that it was okay, to that they were the ones deciding, and that Nella, one of the only black people in the space for such a long time, they just completely disregarded what she had said because they didn't like it.
0: Yeah, and they're like, no, I think that you're, like, it was just, it was flat out a racist character. Like, that's just, through and through... There was no depth, no complexity to this character whatsoever. And it does bring up a really interesting point in the literary space, or just something that's interesting to me is the idea of people writing from the perspective of a background that is not their own.
1: Yes. What was that one book? American Dirt. Yes. And I remember, re- I remember everybody was talking about how good the book was, and then there was that controversy because the author um, was a white woman, Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Writing from the perspective of um, a Hispanic immigrant, or a- uh, yes, yes. But everybody was talking like the book is so good. The book is so good. But it, it, and granted, I didn't read it, so it's not kind of it's not fair for me to judge it. But you do have to call into question the authenticity of the story if it's written by somebody that didn't experience it.
0: Exactly. And so it's so hard. Like I know this is a polarizing issue, and I was just thinking about it last night as I was going to bed because I was reading about everything that happened with American Dirt and trying to figure out where I stand. Like. But it, it, to me, I don't know. I'm not saying it can never be done, but for an experience as particular as that one, as because they were immigrating from actually Mexico, I believe. Yeah. And so they, her, I think her husband died. And so she was taking herself and her son and they were trying to immigrate to America. That author knows nothing about that experience Firsthand. You can read about it. You can talk to people who've experienced it. But does that give you the license to write about it? I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And because uh, then people would say like, fine, well, you know, then you will never have diversity in books because like we know, majority of authors who are published right now are white. And that's, you know, something that finally the publishing industry is reckoning with and they're trying to change. But so if you only have this specific group of people writing about their own specific group of people, yeah, that would be a lack of diversity, which is also the problem we're currently in. Like, let's not try to like act like, you know, that solves anything. So I'm not saying you can. I just don't think for a story as personal as that one that you can't. Yeah.
1: And I think that also calls into question, like, why is it only white writers in the space? Like, if you want a a bigger or a larger sense of diversity in publishing and writing and things like that, allow different people to tell different stories, like uplift those books, uplift those voices as well. I mean, that's the reason we, it's mostly white authors and white publishers is because that's what we as as a whole, as a society, I feel have allowed. That's all we've allowed.
0: And I think this is so true for like every industry, whether it be like fashion or beauty, literature, anything. I think that it's because it's more palatable for people to hear it or see it on a white person. Yeah. Like that's just, I mean, we see this all the time too with certain trends, like you see long nails or colored hair or whatever on one type of body and you call it ghetto or unprofessional, but you praise it on a body like the Kardashians for being trendy, inventive, chic, whatever. And that is something that it just drives me insane because I don't understand how people don't see the double standard there. And so I just think that, For some people, they might be more inclined to pick up that story because it was a white author or they Mm -hmm. see a white face when they pick it up and look at the back cover.
1: Yeah, and um, I learned this in one of my classes in school. Everybody, there's no person on this earth that doesn't have implicit bias. In the society that we grow up in, you are introduced to these stereotypes at a young age and you just kind of latch on and that's just the way that you think because that's how we think as a Western society. But I think it's important to... Catch yourself in those implicit biases. And I don't think a lot of people do. Like I think people are willing to recognize that we have them, but they're not really willing to recognize when they are exhibiting them and realizing, oh, what behavior should I change or what way of thinking brought me to this point and how can I change it?
0: Mm-hmm. They don't. They, they won't do the work, basically. Exactly, exactly. Cause it's it's hard work. It is, and I would be a hypocrite if I was like, oh, I'm totally perfect, and I've never Absolutely ever thought. No, you know, I catch myself thinking, thinking see, things sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had that kind of. <laughs> of it. Like I'm still working through my own stuff exactly. that has been, and that's not like I'm not saying I'm a bad person or it's anyone's fault. Like you said, this is just a society we've grown up in, and when these things are implanted into your. Brain at such a young age, like you don't even realize some of the stuff that you're acquiring until some st- yeah. random thought comes in your head, and you're like, "Hold on, let's
1: unpack that." And that's you know? what most people don't do. They'll get the thought and just keep going. But like, if something's going on, I'm at the grocery store, something happens, and I think a certain thing, I'm like, "Oop, let me check, check that because that wasn't the right thing to think." <laughs> exactly. But you can't control how quickly a thought will pop into your head. But I'm like, "Oop, that wasn't right. Let me let me see why I thought that way, and let me see what I can do differently next time to kind of get out of that mindset."
0: That's all it takes, people. So another interesting point. So we were talking about... Chartresha. Oh, yes. Chartresha, Chartresha, that character. So when Nella finally got the courage to... And that's another thing, too. Was her, like, wanting to speak up and being scared? Like, okay, are they not going to understand? Like, because they know... She knows they don't have the same perspective as her. And it can be difficult to speak up in any situation, but especially one where your dream job would be on the line, you know? Yeah. And so when she brought it up in a very tactful way, if I'm not mistaken, and for him, the author who wrote that book, to flip out and accuse her of calling him racist, I thought that was so interesting because Indy and I have talked about this before, but I think that... And I want to get your opinion. Mm -hmm. I feel like people hear the word racist and get triggered. Like, if you... Because they to, to them, racist is like calling someone the N-word yep. or...
1: lynching somebody. Like, like that's yeah, the only exactly. way you can be racist.
0: And I'm like, no, no, that's a spectrum. Yeah. And... But, like, as soon as people hear it, they freak out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and nine times out of ten, what, nobody's calling you a racist. Just this action is racist. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand. And especially yep. he freaked out so bad. I'm like, you guys are... Like, Colin freaked out so bad in the book... But they were at a meeting to discuss and criticize the book. And he told Nella
0: because they like sang his praises, Nella and Vera, for like the first half of the meeting. And he was like, "Okay, I know no one's perfect. So come on, give me your honest feedback. I'm ready to learn and listen.
1: And he didn't. So he didn't want the honest feedback, obviously. No, you
0: didn't.
1: He was just trying to save face and seem humble. But uh, it was I was so like I felt I felt for Nella so bad in that instance. Because especially the way that it was being described, it was unfolding. Like, you could tell that, like, it wasn't going in her favor as soon as she started speaking. And like you said, I think she did it very tastefully. I don't think she really was, like, combative or confrontational. She was just saying her opinion on this character. And he just flipped his lid. He just lost it. And it's so interesting. Like, I I, want to know from... That perspective, I saw something online that was saying like, oh, being somebody said being called a racist is almost akin to being called the N-word nowadays. And I was just so confused. But it really seems like people believe that. Like, to bring it back to the book, the way Colin flipped out is akin to if somebody called me the N-word, I would be freaking out just like that. Like, it's just so strange. And I'm like, the two are not the same. Precisely. And just for somebody to point out a behavior or maybe just a thing you did could you say, hey, I think that was racist. I'm not saying I think you're a racist. I don't think this is your core belief. But I'm just pointing out something that you may be ignorant on. Which is fine. Everybody's a little bit ignorant on certain things. So I just think it's crazy that he... Or people in general flip out so much when you try to just bring something to their attention. Truly. um,
0: I had also written something down about... Hold on. Let me go to page 19. Because I felt like she had a very... Okay. Yes. So there was a part Nella was talking about Jesse, um, who's basically like an activist, um, who's really vocal on like YouTube and social media and stuff. And Jesse, I guess, had a, a video where he said, um, he's saying like white people who went out of their way to present diversity in quotes, with heightened awareness of cultural sensitivity comes great responsibility. If we're not careful, diversity might come become an item. People start checking off a list and nothing more. A shallow shadowy sh- thing with but one dimension. Mm-hmm. And to me that stuck out because I'm like, that's exactly what Wagner was doing with Nella. Yes. She's like the one black person who works there because they knew it looks bad that they didn't have quote diversity. So like, all right, let's get a black editorial assistant check. Yep. And that was that. And you see that kind of lazy representation in media all the time. I mean, she was talking about the Chartricia character that Colin was writing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you see these super flat, super one-dimensional characters that you can tell were thrown into the mix just so they can say, I did. We have a Black character. Mm -hmm. We have an LGBTQ character. There you go. Here. And it's just. Yeah, but if you don't
1: provide them with any sustenance, you're just better off not having them. Exactly. It's just another poor, shallow representation that nobody asked for.
0: Truly. Because, like, who is this? The whole point of representation is being able to see yourself or people like you reflected in the content that you're consuming. And so if you have this character who, like, just throwing them in there means nothing. Yeah. It's like, who's going to relate to this? Who's going to look at this and be like, ah, yes, that's the representation I've been searching for. So I just thought that was interesting.
1: When Nella says her white male creator had rendered her 19 and pregnant with her fifth child with a baby daddy who was either a man named La Darnell, or a man named De Montrain. Like, how can you sit there and write that and think that that's okay? Like, as a white man, like, oh, yeah, this is fine. And and I'm going to name her Chartresha because her uneducated crack addict mother um, was wearing a bright green dress when her water broke in the club.
0: And that's a direct quote, y'all. That's a direct quote from
1: the book. I just was baffled. I'm like, how... Like that's when I really had to dis- suspend my disbelief because I'm like, there's no way that there's a, that a person could write that and think that that's okay and think that that's an all encompassing, good representation for black people to have in this book.
0: Yep. And then not only that, but then for the entire department to sit in on that meeting and, and be say like, yes, you know what, great. I really think that this book will reach a whole new audience. And I really think that our black readers will be able to find some part of their life reflected in What?
1: Like if you're writing about the the opioid crisis, have respect for the people that you're writing about because they're going through something that is a crisis. They're going through a critical moment. And with this character, Chartricia, however you say it, there's no respect to the people that have experienced that. No, she's a, she's a
0: caricature of what he 100 percent a black person affected by the opioid crisis would be. Yeah. I wanted to talk about the staff meeting where Hazel threw her under the bus. And was like, yeah, this book is actually so amazing. And I think it's going to resonate with so many audiences. My blood was boiling, boiling.
1: Okay, that was, I really um, appreciated the way that that was written too. Because I could feel Nella's, like, I my body was tensing with her. Like, I, it felt like I was with her in that moment. And I fully understood what she was feeling. And how she was holding back the tears. And she had to stand stark still. Because she's like, I know if I move all of the emotion is going to come flooding out of me because that is so, I, I don't even have the words to describe how I would feel if we had just talked about this thing and you were on my side, you were backing me up. You were encouraging me to speak out about it. And now in front of everyone, you're throwing me under the bus. You're making me look even worse. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe Honestly, it.
0: Honestly, Hanela is better than me because <laughs> she was like, oh, well, I'm going to talk to her at the, I wouldn't have even gone to curl central. I would not have. I would not have gone to that event afterward. And I just would have done, I would have been done with Hazel. I just would have cut her off at that point.
1: Yeah. And then to go to that, uh, the thing at Curl Central, the poetry reading, and for Richard to not even be there, uh, I just felt so bad for Nella. I'm like, nothing she's doing is going right. And then for Hazel to then swoop in and steal the interview she was supposed to have or the the coffee she was supposed to have with i think another publisher mm-hmm. or an oh, the, author, oh, the agent the agent yes for the agent to reply and like oh do you have hazel's contact info i just would have to me that would have all of that to combine i'm like all right blocking hazel's number not talk i'm going to ask if i can move my cubicle at work figure out herself how to write some emails she can figure out how to work the cure egg i'm not helping her
0: <laughs> yeah truly cuz like that and that was something that I guess almost frustrated me about Nella because I'm like, stop letting Hazel in. Yeah. You know, and maybe there's an argument to be made that Hazel was being like reinforced by the Grease or whatever. So it was like giving her the the grace in these social situations to like get what she needed. And so that's how she was able to kind of kind of always break down Nella's defenses. But to me, yeah, I was like, Nella, you're giving this girl too many chances. Like, even when they talked at Curl Central, it seems like Nella forgave her.
1: Yeah. And I was so, like, taken aback because it, I, to me it was very obvious that Hazel was not on Nella's side. Yes. Even though, like, Hazel was whispering sweet nothings to her when they were speaking one-on-one. But through all of her actions, I'm like, this person is not on your side. Why are you still interacting with them? Like, I think that was what was mostly most frustrating about Nella's character is that I just couldn't understand her motives. Like, I, I know that she wanted to find out more and find out who was behind this and what was going on. But I just really couldn't, I wouldn't have involved myself with any of it.
0: Yeah, it was just, yeah, I just feel like it was, like you said, it was handled in a way that I wouldn't have have necessarily handled it. And then, like, knowing how the book ended up, it's just kind of like she was doomed from the start.
1: Yeah. And then the way that she handled the notes, the the very second I received a note that said, leave Wagner now, I'd be in HR. I I don't think I would have kept it hidden and been talking to my friends. I would have been in HR, like, somebody's leaving me this note. I just got another one. Um, how are we going to handle this?
0: Yeah. And, and, and two, like, the thing that was really weird to me was, like, her, okay, so it's implied her and her boyfriend have been together for, well, not even implied. I think they've been together for three years. It's said mm-hmm. they live together. That implies you're close. She didn't tell him anything,
1: like, she at kept all. Him so in the dark. And she was like, I don't think he'd understand. I don't think he'd understand. But then she, the way that he was also described seemed like he was very understanding. Like he, I know he's a white guy, but it seemed like the things that Nella has talked to him about, he's always been understanding. He's like, yeah, I just and didn't understand why she didn't include him.
0: Truly, like, and he'd care about your safety and well being. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're getting threatening, like if I was going through something that was that scary or whatever stressful, whatever's happening, anything that was happening in the book, I feel like she never talked to him. That'd be like one of the first people I'd talk to, especially exactly. like, you live together. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just thought that was really weird too like cuz Owen seemed like a perfectly good nice guy. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, so. I did and it felt like he was very understanding and very open to hearing about black issues and things like that. And this wasn't even a black issue. This was just an issue like somebody's threatening your safety. I thought that was Yeah, I also thought that was wild that she she kept him in the dark for 90% of the book.
0: Yeah. So that's it's interesting you say like you felt like the frustrations you had with her. Cause I feel like I was frustrated with her yeah, a lot. Like pretty much after, I think after she forgave Hazel at curl central, yeah. I was like, all right, dude, because it's, what's funny is too, is initially the book really reminded me a lot of such a fun age, just like the, the commentary on race or like just the experience of being a young black woman, like, tr- like in your early mid twenties, trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. That was what I really liked about such a fun age. I feel like it was written really well. Um, but then it started just, like, branching off. Like, I think I, w- I just kind of, once I started disliking Nella's character, and then obviously the books are very different genres. So yeah. once, you know, the plot picked up. But, like, Amira, I actually, like, liked, <laughs> even though she made mistakes. It was, like, because like, it was relatable. I'm also a, a, a mid-20-something trying to figure it out, you know? <laughs> um, but Nella, I just couldn't relate to her after some of those decisions she made.
1: Yeah. And, um, Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like, I think that was another fault in the storyline. It just seemed that Hazel was so, it was so easy for her. And I guess that's, I guess that's a a testament to the Greece that it just works that well. Um, But yeah, I was just so confused at some of, some of Nella's actions or decisions. It didn't make much sense to me.
0: She let Hazel walk all over her too. Like she just, that was I just feel like sometimes she didn't have, I don't want to say a backbone, but she just didn't fight for herself. There was something else I, th- I wrote down that I kind of wanted to talk about was that, okay, on the one hand, you know, it's great that they have finally a black person working at Wagner. But it was a little strange to me, like, okay, we talked about this in the beginning of the episode, it is important to listen to the voices and stories that are different from your own, and to learn. But it was a little weird to me that they're like, all right, we have our one black employee, and anytime there's an issue about diversity of representation, we're going to look to our one Black employee to educate us. Oh, like, yes. every meeting they had, they'd be like, well, Nella, what do you, like, think about it? And I don't know, it was weird yeah. because I was like, okay, great that you're getting her opinion and her voice on this, but it's like you're looking for her to validate this one thing for an entire group mm-hmm. of people. They're like, all right, well, if Nella gives it a stamp of approval, it's okay for all Black people. And I was like...
1: Uh, "It's ve- It was giving very much being in a high school class and you're reading a story and the N words in there and people look yes at you. or
0: even in college In one of my marketing classes we were we were talking about like different ethnic groups have different buying patterns like that's just like mm-hmm. a fact in marketing and so they were talking about like you know for different groups and I was the only black person in this class and so she was talking about like buying habits or patterns of black people and she turns to me and she was like well what do you think do you agree with this like do you think that this is accurate and I was like it just made me so uncomfortable, like, to call me yeah. out in the middle of this class in front of everyone as the only black person to ask if I think this and is... And you can't speak for the whole... Exactly! I thought it was weird. Yeah. Um. So this doesn't really fit into a particular plot particular plot point, but it was just something I thought was really funny, was that one coworker of hers who was always bringing up something they read in some article... Like she was they were talking about the book covers when they're trying to design the one for Colin, and he was like, "Oh, well, you, I was just reading this article from whatever, whatever. Did you see how there's only blank percent of books that have black people on the cover? Super fascinating. Like he was always just dropping some article he read about like <laughs> one thing having to do with black people or another, and he was using that to relate to Nella. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was hilarious.
1: Speaking of coworkers, the part in the book where I can't remember if it was Sophie or Gina called her Hazel. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. I was like, that was a little point where I was like, now, Nella, you're standing up for yourself in the wrong situation. (laughs) She was so mean to Sophie. Or Gina, I can't remember.
0: I think it was Sophie, because when she walked away, she was like, yeah, huh, sure, thanks. Bye, Gina. Gina. Yeah. (laughs) But also, Sophie. They have, I don't care if they're wearing the same sweater. Nella has an afro. And And Hazel Hazel has has logs. logs how did you make that and she was saying like hazel's four inches taller than her like i don't understand how you made that mistake
1: i don't understand that either but from the few things they've said about sophie in the book she seems like a very kind of like a mousy person like kind of like a little jittery a little like oh i'm I'm speaking a little bit faster than my brain can go so i just attributed to that i don't know if maybe i give people the benefit of the doubt too much But I just thought, I was like, Nella, that was a little mean to call her Gina. She
0: snapped. (laughs) I was like, where's that energy with Hazel, though? Exactly. Because that's who needs it. You're
1: taking it out on the wrong person, girl.
0: I just want to ask you how you felt about the ending.
1: (sighs) There's a lot to unpack here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed. I really, like, I think the way the ending was written was really good. Like, I thought that... um. For it to end on her being like, when was the last time I felt free? Jesse Watson. And oh, that's another thing. I was like devastated that Jesse got turned.
0: As soon as he got there and she made that joke about like, oh, we know we probably should be well spread out. And he didn't laugh. I was like, Hazel got him. She got See, to it, him.
1: You're better than I thought. I was like, oh, was it just a persona this whole time? Like, he, was he being a caricature of himself? It didn't hit me until she was talking about, oh, his beard is, is, is well groomed. He lost his short locks. And then I'm like, damn. And then it, I put it together where he was like, Hazel, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. She, How did she get to him? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that was really a bummer. Because especially that seemed to be someone Nella really looked up to and kind of gave her a little bit more, I don't want to say courage, but like his content inspired her to kind of stick up for herself a little bit more or like stick mm-hmm. up for the things that she cared about. So, yeah. And so she was looking forward to meeting him just to be like,
1: Nope. yeah it felt like this whole book's culmination was this meeting with her and Jesse and I felt so bad for her because she was also kind of making a fool out of herself when he was like oh I want to do a graphic novel and he, she oh, was like please brutality um, uh, the shootings and I'm like no like Nella, everybody's stop. like Nella calm down yeah I wanted her I'm like Mella, stop talking please calm down I felt so bad for her
0: oh the part where he said Mel Gibson's my hero I was cackling
1: <laughs> like, hilarious I was like what I, yeah that was insane The the actual ending ending, like, um, let me find the page. Oh, another, the part that I did really kind of sort of identify with towards the end was when, um, Hazel had cornered Nella in the bathroom, and she said, um, it says, Hazel was giving Nella another once over, but this time it was clear she didn't like what she was hearing. If we're not what, Nella? Suffering? Is that what you want, to feel overextended, to feel worn down by every microaggression you experience in the office and every injustice you see on the news? Are those the kind of things that make you feel like you? I was like, I kind of understand why people would take the grease because it is a little bit exhausting all the time to be hearing about black suffering And then maybe not having the outlet to speak about it the way that you want to. When she was like saying that, I was like, oh, I I get it a little bit. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, yeah, to have to, I think Nella even says something about it in the morning or in in the book, but to be like to watch footage of the latest shooting in the news in the morning and then have to go into work and put a smile on your face and act like everything's fine. Because especially in her environment, no one was going to understand. Who was she going to be able to talk about that with? And it's exhausting. It's just so exhausting, like you said to constantly be in that mental space uh yeah i can like you said i understand i don't think i would do it yeah. but i understand like why hazel and these well the way hazel went about it hazel's tripping for real yeah but some of these people like i understand why they think this would just be easier of to course. like numb themselves to it
1: yeah and then at the end when it, it's like she was talking about Jesse and she was talking about the change and she was like, Oh, but he did seem happier, he seemed freer. And she was questioning when was the last time she felt free? And like I was I was starting to understand. I'm like, oh I get it, but I was still disappointed that she did it. Folded. Yeah. It didn't
0: even take much. It, yeah. At all.
1: But I I really liked like the epilogue, how it introduced like that woman and da-da-da. And it was Shani trying to send it out, but it didn't work. And the very last sentence it was like, Now Shani, tell me. Nella came closer and I was like oh damn that was her I was I was just in in I was shocked especially the way they were describing this woman was not Nella at all like she had a weave she had so much makeup on and and for it to be Nella I was like wow they really got her yeah I'm like they really got her yeah
0: it was um I don't know. I'm conflicted about the ending because I feel like I've read a few books. I think I was telling you this before we started recording, but I've read a few books in the last two months that have endings, obviously not exactly like this, but just similar to this, where the main character ends up like going down with the ship, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't like it, I just wanted more for her. (laughs) I don't know. I just. And it bothers me because I do feel like the Resistance could have saved Nella. It bothers me because like, I I think I said this also before we started recording that if they knew like Shawnee and Kendra and Lynn know that's the grease that's making people act like this, why didn't they tell Nella? Like when Nella went to the hair party, she was already working with them. So they could have been like, by the way, don't touch the grease. Don't use it. Don't let her put it on you. They just let that happen.
1: Exactly. And I was so confused. I didn't quite understand their motives where Lynn was like, well, we're not 100% sure if she's not one of them. How are you not, she wasn't exhibiting any behaviors that would make you think that she was like Hazel literally at all. And even if she was, even if, if she happened to be at the beginning of turning, I don't understand how sending her a text saying like, hey, don't touch the grease would be so detrimental. I would rather risk that than risk her completely turning. Exactly. Because even if she was partially turning and they're like, hey, don't touch the grease, what is that going to do? Now the OBGs are going to know that they know. They already know that they know.
0: Exactly. And I just feel like their entire approach, like the leaving the notes on her desk. I feel like y'all could have just found like on the street or walked up to her in a coffee shop, found her on the street. Something would have been more effective than just like leaving these notes. Because I feel like most people, not that they wouldn't take them seriously, but they wouldn't, like she wasn't going to quit from that note.
1: Yeah. If they would have left her a note detailing and explaining everything or at least saying like, hey, Hazel's not who you think she is. Then that would have got the gears turning and it maybe would have let her know to be more wary of her. But to just say, leave Wagner now. I would have also thought that it was the same thing. Like, Nella thought, like, oh, somebody in the office is trying to get me to...
0: Yeah. Or it could could have even said, like, yeah, like you said, Hazel's not what you think she is. Or, like, dig deeper into Hazel. Yeah, they waited too late to tell her that. Yeah. So Mm. that's a shame. My biggest disappointment with the ending is thinking of, like, Malaika having to see... Or I'm not sure if I'm saying her name. Malaika? Malaika? having to see her friend become a completely different person, do you think she yeah. realized what happened? Do you think she changed I, Mal also?
1: I, I feel like Mal is not, I don't think she was down with the change, but I do feel like, I don't think Mal knew anything about the grease because Mella didn't tell her. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess she didn't have time. She was told in the bathroom. But yeah, I'd never actually even thought about that, like the, the, the dissolution of their friendship because of... Um,
0: or even Owen too, I assume. yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about how that would affect her other relationships. Well, I guess maybe it's like a, a trajectory or like a downward trajectory because she her and Owen, she said, were already like not spending any quality time together. She was already so focused on her job. So maybe he just assumed like, oh, she was really she really just went all in on the job. And, and now she was got promoted to interim editor or something like that at the very end in the epilogue.
0: And now we have to know she's going to go on and do this to other black girls. I
1: know. And I feel so bad for, for Shani, or Shani. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. That she, she survived Hazel. And boom, now she has a Nella. Now she's going to have to leave. She had to leave Cooper's. And now she's going to have to leave where she's at, too. Like, it just seems like it's just awful.
0: And I couldn't tell. Like, obviously, I think Nella knows who Shani is. So, like, that ending is like, are they going to, like because they keep saying they were going to take care of Shawnee now that she knows too much, does that mean, like, it's over for Shawnee right now? Because, like, Nella has to recognize
1: her. Yeah, and I think... I just think the Resistance didn't do all that they could have done. I feel like they were very, like... I just don't... I just didn't see the, um, the threat to them if they exposed it more.
0: And, and yeah, and then even I feel like the whole Kendra Ray Phillips, that was kind of a loose end. Like, she comes back to... What? Was she going to share her story? But we never get any, any like, resolution there.
1: Yeah, and it seems like she also kind of just, like, lied down to die at the end when she told them, like, we'll keep our mouths shut if you keep your mouth shut. That and then, and then in the epilogue, when Diana was explaining who Kenny was and how she'd always been, it didn't match up to me. Because she's always been an outspoken. They said, like, she always marches to the beat of her own loud and annoying drum. But the Kendra Ray that we saw at the ending i was like this doesn't seem right like why did she join the resistance if she wasn't going to do anything
0: exactly yeah because to me it was like this whole time she was laying low because she was after what happened she was scared for her well-being or whatever but now she's realized like she straight up said like i've been living like this for 30 years i'm not happy this isn't a way to live and so to me it seemed like she was like all right then i'm ready to say what needs to be said but then she just
1: didn't i was very confused with her character and 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 her as a device to move the plot along. I didn't. It didn't make sense to me much. What the point of her was? Like I understand that it, she was the first person that was meant to be turned, and and oh, in the very first batch that Imani did, it made. Um, I think they said it made Kendra kind of like an... an uh, like it just affected her poorly. Like it didn't do what it was meant to do. But I also... I just really didn't understand the motive of even creating the grease. Like, I mean, I know they were upset with Kendra for what she had said about the white riders and things like that. But it just seems like that was a very... An overreaction to create this mind control grief based on what Kendra had said. And I'm like, this doesn't... I It, it just wasn't adding up for me. Truly, truly,
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I guess um, it did feel like the plot, it just moved a little bit too quickly in the last 30 to 40 Mm -hmm. pages. And it just felt like some things weren't tied up. Um, So, I've said, like, the book, it was paced fine for the majority of it. It was just this last, I was like, whoa, where is this going to go? And it felt like it all just was like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like, kind of spilling over itself to finish. But, um Usually we do our final thoughts of, like, would you recommend this book? I would say I would, just so you have a frame of reference. It's, like, everywhere right now. And if you go on Instagram, everyone's posting about it. Everyone's talking about it. And honestly, I feel like I'm never going to tell someone not to read a book. Like, every time we've done this on the show, I don't think I've ever said, you know what, don't read it. Because, like, who am I, you know? Yeah. Just be, like, you, if I ever don't like something or whatever, and that someone else might love it. And so, um, yeah, I would. There's a lot of interesting points that are brought up throughout the book that I think are worth reading.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that I would go out of my way to recommend it. But if somebody asked, hey, should I read this book? I would say yes.
0: That's a good way of putting it. And like, and I guess I should gauge it more by whether I'd read it again. And because to me, if I read a book again, that tells me like, it's a really great book. Yeah, I I personally don't think I would read this again, just because like, I don't yeah I, I don't think I would I don't I'm not saying I hated it by any means it was like fine um it just I don't think I would go out of my way to read it in additional time thank you Kayla so much for joining me today yeah the pleasure is all mine thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today if you like what you heard and want to stay in the loop be sure to follow our Instagram and like our Facebook at book solid podcast You can also check out our Discord server, where you can leave suggestions, engage in discussions, and take a deeper dive into our episodes. We'll have the links to all of our social media accounts in our episode show notes.